Welcome to Raise the Roof, an Arkansas podcast. We're here to recap the Auburn win. I'm your host, Brayden. And I'm your co-host, Hayden. All right, first off, let's talk about the experience as students and fans of the team. Well, I mean, as when, when you come here as a student, you're hoping... You're hoping when you walk into Bud Walton that it's just off the charts. And last night was that and, and then some. Always want the Bud to be rocking. <laughs> and we're both seniors. We've been here four years. First time we ever get to storm the court. Yeah, you know, it, I think when, when, when you watch games for three years, our first three years, and it's not that it was bad basketball, but it's just... You never think that after three years of not really having too much excitement, maybe the third year there being excitement, but you never think, okay, we're going to play number one and then we're going to beat number one. And yeah. then it happened. And it's just, it came from nowhere. Yeah. It, it, it did. Last year with the restricted crowds, it was hard. And then I think most of the excitement came in Indianapolis. Yes. Yes. I don't think anyone going into the tournament really expected us to make Elite Eight. But proved them all that we could, and gave Auburn their biggest battle of the tournament. I mean, not Auburn, Baylor. Yes, yes we We're did. We're going to talk about Auburn today, though. <laughs> and I just, I have to point out, too, I think it's been, it, what made the atmosphere so good is because, you know, as you just talked about with COVID and everything, like, we were at 20, 15% capacity last year, and so to have a record-setting crowd at, at Bud Walton is just Crowds that we, we haven't been able to experience for a couple of years. It's just, it's, mm -hmm. it's very satisfying. That whiteout was, worked amazingly well. Yeah, I think we'll see a few more of those in our lifetime, won't we? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a crowd as united in, like, just wearing the same color. I saw one or two orange shirts every once in a while, but there was so much white. And th that's props, like... We knew the student body would go, would be fully in white. We knew mm -hmm. the, the people who were in charge of the student body would get that across. But the, the parents, the older, the elderly, they, like the, everybody was wearing white. Everybody fulfilled and, and did their part for the Razorbacks. Yeah. It was a little weird not seeing any red. It is weird. It is weird. And I think they pointed out the Tennessee game is going to be a red out. So I think that's, that's part of <laughs> they They want to see some red again. Yeah. And then on... When we were on defense, when Arkansas was on defense, every single time the crowd was yelling as as much as they could. I've in four years of live games never seen that. No, no, I've never seen I, when I I've never seen every section, maybe except the people that are on court side. Everybody else was standing. Everybody else and most of the court side people were standing. All the sections, even the upper deck, everybody's standing the whole game except the timeouts. Incredible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then the pom-poms were a nice effect in the student section. The pom-poms, I think, really helped keep it going. Yeah, I think that's something uh, they're going to want to keep going because we know other SEC teams have pom-poms, and Arkansas fans have asked, yeah. hey, why don't we have them? Well, yeah. I'm here to say we should keep them. <laughs> You give college students something to play with, that'll keep their attention going. Yes. All right. Couldn't agree more. Can't talk about the fan experience without mentioning the line to get in. Oh. I mean, there... 
I, I've been in line since about eight in the morning, but yeah. there were people that got there at four and Cut. there was a lot of cutters, but I, the anticipation, there was a flyover, a helicopter came by and took a video and you could see on Twitter how long the line stretches out. And this is hours, this was like six hours before the game. The anticipation for that on a Tuesday game, it's not a Saturday game, keep in mind, it's a Tuesday game. I got there a little over seven hours before tip-off and was near the back of the lower bowl. Like yes. Almost at the overhang. And I had just, I got there at eight and I had just made it into the bleachers, the very back of the bleachers, which the bleachers is the best part for the student experience. And it just shows that you have to literally get there, camp out if that's allowed or get there, be the first group pretty much if you want to guarantee that you're going to get in the, the, the best bleachers. It's not often you get to play number one. First time in Bud Walton history. No, yeah. The last time we played number one, it was in Pine Bluff. We played North Carolina, Michael Jordan, and and now we get to play number one in in, in Bud Walton. It's just, it's it's incredible. It's speechless. Yeah, the crowd was going the whole night. It wasn't just a pop here and a pop there that was loud. The whole game was loud. Yes. Those free throws, when Auburn were shooting free throws, was probably the loudest part of the game, honestly. I think what helped is that they uh, the, they put the decibels meter. They have this decibels meter showing how how high the, the decibels, how loud the crowd can get. All right. And so that encouraged people to just to get louder, louder, and louder. It worked for me. I was manipulated into yelling louder. By yeah. Me. When it gets up to 107 decibels for a free throw missing, like, are you kidding me? That I can't help but feel that the crowd was part of why they shot under 50% from the line. Well, yeah, I mean, they, 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 how many free throws in a row did they miss? It felt like they missed five or six in a row. Kessler was... Kessler missed... He was really affected by it. He's two for six on the game. Yeah, well, and he technically missed five in a row, but one of them was a lane violation. So he missed three three in a row and then two more after that. So he was in his head. So clearly the crowd is, had a huge also, say in the result. Also, Katie Johnson's free throws misses were huge for us, that he missed two in a row. Yes. Oh. So it wasn't, it wasn't just Kessler. I mean, Katie missed. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Cambridge missed the front end of the one and one at the end of the game too, and so it wasn't just Kessler. That's multiple guys missed free throws. So clearly, it's not. I, I think that's you got to give that to the Bud. That, that Bud Walton effect. Right, and then back to the line. The hour, about an hour, hour and a half before they even opened the doors. I don't know what happened, but everyone like started taking off, and then it got real congested. Everyone was just kind of stuck there for an hour, and then it turned into a real a riot, basically. It was a riot outside. Yeah, it was... Um, <laughs> for, for those of us that were right in the middle of the line and towards the front, or we were just like stuck in a spot for an hour, just getting pushed from the front and the back. It's like you're at a mosh pit at a concert. People throwing stuff, people sweaty, people throwing up. It was just... It was, it, it was absolute madness because... We've been to games. We've waited in line before, but this was unlike. I, that's never happened. I don't know if that's, and I've seen other games on TV before with their lines, but I don't think that the like when Kentucky came here two years ago, it wasn't like that. This was right. just like I said for a Tuesday. It's unbelievable. Right when Kentucky came, I got in line three hours early, and I was like 
first, second row of the upper deck. And mm-hmm. then this, I got in line seven hours early and was almost back in the upper deck. That's how big this game was. Yeah, the, uh, unfortunately there was a lot of cutters, but I think I, I'm... At least the, we got as, as many students as we did into the game. Um, hopefully the system gets a little better, but I'm, I think the fact that people are willing to wait this long says something. I don't want this to happen for every game because that's no. waiting in no. like seven hours for every game would be rough. <laughs> but I want the enthusiasm and the hype to keep going. I think we know for Kentucky on yeah. February 26th it's going yeah. to be similar. I think we should go in a little more detail about the whole riot outside before the game because like for the fan experience, for the student experience, that was, I think, a big part of it. I think that's what created so much energy. I mean, it's, uh, even yeah. before we walked in, we just waiting in line and seeing people, as he said, rioting almost like it. Somebody climbed the light pole and touched the top. And then slid down, people throwing beer cans, throwing, people throwing, throwing basketball. Chucking the basketball from the front of the line to the back, and then the line was chucking it back to the front. Yeah, and then people Launching throwing granola bars at the cutters. They're throwing stuff at people that cut. They're throwing booing people, people in line. They're throwing it granola bars. It almost reminded me of the hog pen booing people when they leave, but this yeah. time you're booing at the cutters. <laughs> throwing snowballs at them too. Ice bowls. It's more ice than snow. There's a few times where the snowballs just ended up randomly in the crowd too. It wasn't just the cutters that were getting stuff thrown at them. It was just... It was random people. Just people in line. Yeah. No, and it, it was just like... Can we can we get into the in, inside any sooner? When we rushed <laughs> the door, we you could not move. They had two metal detectors. Every other game they've had like I feel like they've had three, three four, four, yeah. four maybe. Yeah. This they had two, so it was like yeah. squash everybody in and whenever people took off towards the door, the people in front of me would like stop, so I'd stop, and then the people behind me pushed me into the people in front of me. Yes, and then I was stuck there. I thought like they'd push you and then like back off. When they hit you, no. They pushed you into the people in front of you, and then you were stuck there. At one point, everyone was raising their arms to show their student wristbands. I couldn't put my arm back down next to my side. It was so tight. I literally had to rest my arm on top of my head for a few minutes until someone moved. I was just, and I was holding a poster, and I was just hoping that it wouldn't get smushed because it was that tight, and I had to fold it to make sure that it wouldn't get ripped or anything. Like, that's how bad, that's how serious that, that line was. It it could have gotten dangerous. Yeah, no, and they had you know they had a couple cops there, but I mean there was, I'm sure there was probably a few fights that broke out I mean, that we probably didn't see, but there with the amount of people. I feel that were like there. it was so condensed that there was. I was gonna say, imagine if that happened, because I think it was condensed enough. We would have known if that happened. Maybe, maybe. Because I mean, when when that person threw up in the middle of the line, people scattered. That that just made it that much more tight because yes. that there was just a hole where that happened. Yes. That, it, again, it's just like, I think that, that all of this is to say that was the anticipation for this game. Everybody wanted to go see it. Everyone, at about four, everyone was chaining, opened the doors. Yes. Now this, okay, this is still. I think it would have been safer for them to open the doors at four than to have us just cramped there for another 30 minutes. I think it's just crazy because you, you look at non-conference games or even the f- first FC, few SEC games, you could get there like. The Missouri game, I got there 15 minutes before the game started, and I get excellent seats. Two years ago? <laughs> freshman, sophomore year, so two and three years ago, even for the big games outside of Kentucky, I only got there probably after doors opened, and I was in the bleachers basically every game. 
I mean, some people choose to sit in the seats that have backs by choice, but I was in the bleachers for every game besides Kentucky, pretty much, for my freshman and sophomore years, and I never got there but before doors opened. So do you think that's just, I have to ask you, do you think that's the number one effect? Do you think because that's... I think part of it's about the team last year going to the lead eight. I think that's part of it. But do you think also the and playing be. number one, though? Do you think that has any part to do? People want to see us play number one? Oh, of course. But I think yeah. there's a lot of hype around Eric Musselman. He brings a lot of eyes to this team right now. I mean, he's active on Twitter. I mean, he's, as you said, yeah, he interacts with the fans. He came down and went all the way down the line at some, uh, during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's, he's been fantastic for us. He actually makes the student body feel appreciated. He was partying with the students that stormed the court he in was. his sling, no shirt. He was. He was He was going off. I can't tell you any other basketball coach that would do that. No, not, none of them. <laughs> I saw this on Twitter. Someone asked, is Eric Musselman the most likable basketball coach in America? I think, you know, I think all our Kansas are thankful that he's here. I can just say that. I When we, when you know, he came three years ago, I don't think anybody knew this coach from Nevada, but he's turned out to be a stellar dude for this program. Nevada was a great team as last year. They were. I mean, they, they were outstanding. But, I mean, still nobody knew, right? It's a mystery. Didn't know really that much about him besides he was coaching a really good Nevada team. Because, I mean, we go from 40 minutes of hell with Mike Anderson and really switching everything up to a former NBA coach, right? So. <laughs> I like that he basically has his own, like, kind of, like, superhero name, the importer. Yes, yes. And we have to mention Mustbus. I mean, that's a... The Mustbus. That's um, the flag we fly in the student section before the right game. Right before the game. Everyone the hop on. The Mustbus is probably like five layers now. It's like a five-decker bus probably now. How? Nine games in a row. There's a whole state on the Mustbus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is there? Three million people in Arkansas? About, yeah, three million people. There's a three million people on the Mustbus. Yes. I think even the newborns are on the Mustbus right now. Oh, they have to be. They have to be. With the uh, with WPS on their face. Do you see that sign where the guy was holding up a sign that said, "I had a seizure this morning, but I'm still here." Yes, that's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> that, that just shows the dedication. If that's true, if that is oh, who knows? Maybe that's just for, I mean, for fame or just wanting to get on. But I mean, he got that sign. Got you're right. It worked. It was, it was on there plenty the of times. Row. Um, if that's true, though, that's insane. Mm-hmm. I, I would not be at a bad. I don't. Well, if I was fine, I'd probably still try to go. But having a seizure and then going to a basketball game—that's an insane day. That's a full day. I would say if you got to see that, it's worth it. <laughs> I mean, waiting in line was a full day. Imagine Will Wade doing what Doc with Musselman did. Will Wade partying with the students. Oh, oh well. yeah. No. Imagine the most disliked coach in America doing that. <laughs> Will Wade. The complainer, as we call him. I was I was hoping, but going into the game, I was hoping Bruce Pearl would get ejected just so we could have the Calipari hype from oh, years ago. Because yeah, I think I gotta ask you, Brayden, was it louder than when Calipari got ejected at some points? JD hit that three was probably the, the first half loudest. Yeah. Besides well, Besides when the buzzer went final. 
when JD hit that three to go up by a twenty-three to thirteen was probably the loudest pop besides. Oh, I think we went up thirteen. Win. It was, oh, like, it was 23-13. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Dude, that was to go up ten. He hit it from the oh the saw yeah. outline, and then it was that, in the tail, right? Was he stepping on the tail of the hog that deep? Basically, he shot it from Fort Smith. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then that was probably the loudest single pop. That was very close to Calipari. I'm not sure if it even beats Calipari, but it was very close, very close. Um, somebody staying on Twitter, their watch said 114 decibels, so it beat that the was, free throws. Um, John, John Williams, yeah. John Williams, and the, the the guy, my friend that I was sitting next to, he said he is, his watch said the exact same thing. 114. <laughs> and it said that the, the watch said, alert, this is too loud for the normal hearing. You need to move to another room. <laughs> That's crazy if you ask me. Again, that, that's why Arkansas can believe that they can win any game at Bud Walton. If Bud Walton is like that, yes, nobody, like, and we have Arkansas has a chance anytime Bud Walton's like whether that. it's Gonzaga, Duke, North Carolina, any. Of if these we were teams. playing in Bud Walton in the tournament, we might have won in that. That's right. But that, that's why it's at neutral sites. Yep. Yep. If only it was like baseball. <laughs> All right, I think we have to dive in more to what happened in the game now. I'll say I was – it was mostly a big three from Auburn in this performance. A big three put on a, a great game, gave us a tough fight in Kessler, Jabari Smith, and then Wendell Green Jr. Yeah, I mean, to me, of these three guys, I think we all knew that Jabari Smith was going to be great. And everybody yeah. knew that Kessler – projected. Top two NBA draft pick in Jabari Smith. Had four at halftime. He had four. We shut Every him down. Every time I was looking specifically to see who was matched up on who in the first half, it was Audie's Tony on him. I don't think he gets enough credit for his perimeter defense because, as I said in the last episode, he was guarding um, West Virginia's leading scorer for the entire game. And he, he shut him down. The only... He scored five points at the very end. That was when he got switched off of Tony onto Williams. Oh, and he guarded Molinar in the Miss State game. He, he did a good job, too. JD also guarded Molinar a lot in that mm-hmm. game, and JD did a really good job. Molinar did get above what he was averaging, but for the most part, Molinar was kept in check. Yes, yes. And then this game, whenever I looked down in the first half, it was Tony on Jabari. Like I said, he should have been in the last episode. I said Tony should be the one guardian, and he was held to four points at halftime. In the second half, I saw Tony guarding Green Jr. because Green Jr. started to take over near the end. So they switched, um, looked like they switched Tony onto him and then put Amude on Jabari. was on Jabari, yes. And then that's kind of when Jabari started to go off when they switched Tony over to mm-hmm. um, Wendell Green. But I mean, Wendell Green was going off too, so he was saying, yeah. you got you to pick your poison there. Right. Which one are you going to... And then Kessler in the paint was just a pest the entire game. The pick and roll. The pick and roll Their we saw that was, was outstanding. Good. What did he have, three dunks in the game? Three dunks? That would just say maybe two. I think it was two. two. But yeah, it was a pick and roll because yeah, the screen would just help Green sneak get past JD, who, who was guarding him, or Tony, who was guarding him. And then Jalen had to step up to stop the floater. Yes. And then that just alley-oop to Kessler. They did that twice. And then it, and then when Jalen doesn't step up, then his floater went in about half the time. And then the first half, the pick that we thought the pick and roll was going to happen, but he didn't pass to Kessler. Wendell Green made a little swoop and, and scooped it off the backboard, and it was perfect, and he faked everybody he did, out. He did that a few times where he hit it like off the top of the glass. 
He didn't hit the square. He hit above the square. And he hit it soft. Soft, so it still went in. Yeah. He hit the glass when the ball was on the way down, basically. You could say that he, I mean, their player of the game, it, it was probably him or Kessler. Jabari. Jabari at the end, Jabari, obviously. If Jabari he, at the end. If but, he kept making threes and students were already down as close as they could be to storm the court with about a minute left in overtime, and then Jabari goes and hits those two threes. Yep. Jabari could have made the entire student section just eat it, eat their words. That, that would have been a heart, heartbreak hog. That would have been, that would have been, yeah, heartbreak hog. Uh, people swore, yeah, because that's exactly what happened. We were up six, five or six, and people are coming down to already storm the court. We were up six when he hit his first three. Mm-hmm. We would have been up seven if we had, um, whoever was shooting at the time, made both free throws. And then think about it. If Jalen doesn't get the rebound, because, because, Tony misses it, so we're only up three. But Jalen tips it to himself pretty much over the over the Auburn. I don't know who it was on the line that was right next to him, but he tips it. Jalen rebounds it, and then he gets to go to the line, and then we go yes, up. With 16 seconds yet. Yeah. That was That's the clutch. I I'm said like, that was the play of the game. His offensive rebound on the missed free throw. I was, Or you could point out JD's steal to send it into overtime when, yeah. we, when he stole it. Yeah. When he snuck behind, he basically gambled. JD's he could have fouled. steal was yeah. huge. So, there were just there were so many clutch plays. I mean, it was back and forth. Every time we looked like we were gonna take the lead and try and pull away, they had an answer. A lot of the answers were Wendell Green Jr. It was Wendell Green, and then Kessler. It was really for the full game. I'd say Wendell Green Jr. was their best player. Oh, and then at times when they would he wouldn't make it, it was just the rebounded. It wasn't even. It was just we got out rebounded. Let's see, it was 60 to 42. Out rebounded by 18. Now, the first half was 15, plus 15. The second half was plus 2. So, the second half, they did mu- we did much better. Out of the last 21 rebounds in the first half, 16 went to Auburn. That's 16 to 5 in the closing minutes of the half. That's what, how they went on that 10-1 run to cut the lead down to 3 going into the half. What do you think? Do you think that's just the Kessler effect that he just adds so much down there you just can't it wasn't even just him it was they were getting some good balances part of it but yeah they just they had a lot of more big bodies down there than we did mm-hmm I don't know why Trey Wade didn't play as much Trey Wade's a a very underrated player it seemed like that must put Devo decided to use Devo, Devo was more than Trey defense, Wade but for rebounding I would have liked to have Trey Wade out there a little bit more and it's, Chris Likes was in. I mean, Chris Likes isn't going to rebound. Like he, he's got he hops. He can, good he can, he can. But in there terms was a of few being, times where it was him versus one of their bigs, and their bigs won. But if you have Trey Wade down there, he's obviously going to have a better shot. Trey so. Wade, I think, could have helped, but Arkansas won in the end. So whatever must did worked. I really think though that that their coaching must and his whole coaching staff just you got to give them so much props. I mean, they they came up with a plan before the game and executed it. Jabari was shut. I, they focused on Jabari the first half. He was shut down. Yeah, he scored a lot in the second half. Yeah. But still, we limited him. Let's see. I, if he only hit those two threes in overtime, I don't know if he scored outside of that. No. That would have no. had 14 going into overtime. So, in regulation, he was down to 14. He averages 16 a game. The jumpers, he missed all of his jumpers in the first half. He, he, he yeah. was not on. He had those two free throws at the end of the half. Other than that, he only made one basket. Yeah. He had more fouls than baskets made in the first half. And he's projected number two draft pick. 
And the shocker for me was Katie Johnson. I mean, Arkansas frustrated him the whole night when he, at the end of the game, when, when he missed his layup and then he fouled, he fouled one of our guys. He, you could see the frustration on his face. And he's, he's a good player. He's played good. When they played Kentucky, he played really well. So it's not like he's a, you know, a bad player. He's a good player. We also got them into foul trouble, which gave us our opportunity to get a lot of free throws. And Kessler, I don't think, was on the court for that last Jalen Williams offensive board. I think he had fouled out right before that. Right. That was his, I think, fifth foul that sent. I think it was JD to the line. Right. And then Jalen got the offensive rebound that kind of sealed the game. Right. And if you think about it with the free throws, too, because they fouled so much, they had one-and-ones while we were having the double bonus. It was it was weird because the first about 10 minutes of the game, there was only five fouls, and then the last 10 minutes of the first half, there was 12 fouls. So there was more than one foul a minute to end it, which made the game a little choppy. Yeah, I mean, the end of the first half was not good for Arkansas. And we can't not mention Devo Davis in this game. Two for three from downtown with five steals. Musselman said in his press that that was Devo's best game of the year. Uh, I mean, he's two for three from three, right? Mm -hmm. And as I've said all year long, that guy cannot shoot threes. Well, he proved me wrong last night, and we had to have that. His TikTok's Devo for three. Devo for three, too. Yeah. Sorry, Devo. You get a shout-out this game. You went off. You did. And quick shout-out to Razorback Ology. On his, on his game score prediction post that he always does, if JD had made his last free throw that he shot at the end of the game, I would have been exactly on. And I said in overtime. So that another bad beat. <laughs> oh, JD. I mean, he scored 28, so he can have a pass. And he was 11 for 14 for free throws. That's not bad. We will take that. He had some free plus throw, free throws. He, free throw shooting won us this game. That's It came down to a free throw contest at the end. I mean, even before play. overtime, too. JD made two free throws to, to tie it, and he, he made them both. So, I mean, this is, made all the ones we needed to make. Yeah. And they didn't. That, that was the difference. That was free throw shooting. That was the difference. And then we also won the turnover battle. We had 11, and they had 19. They had a lot of turnovers. Yes. That's what really kept The Chargers. I mean, how many Chargers did we see Jaylen offensive fouls? Jalen had three. Jalen drew, drew three fouls during the game. His charge counter went from 32 to 35. They had five offensive fouls in the first half. I didn't count in the second half. Well, and it wasn't even just the the amount of legal screens that the refs called, too, right? Moving screens on Kamani. They called, like, twice. Didn't they call that foul? Yeah. It was... <laughs> I That's mean, when it was getting choppy, as you said. It, there was a few calling, fouls like, where it was like, why, it's like, come on, why did like, they call yeah, it? Let him play. There was right? a few plays also where it was like, where's the foul? Yeah. There was one play where Tony went up for, tried to put somebody on poster, and he got sandwiched. It was, it was Kessler. Was, Kessler. Well, there's one guy, he tried to dunk on Kessler, and there's another guy on, literally like almost hopping on um, Audis's back as he jumped for the dunk. So I don't know how that was enough foul. He was literally getting contact from the front and the back at the same time. I mean, there was a lot of boos in those parts. Yeah, was, <laughs> those BS chances, the student section, that was the most I've heard in one game all year. It was at least five, four yeah. or five. Yeah, we were not happy with those, some of those calls. I mean, you're never going to get every call you want with a ref. But it seemed that game, as you said, was choppy. Auburn will say, hey, the ref screwed us over in this game. But I yeah, really that's going to be their excuse. Yeah. Oh, we know it's going. Because 
I mean, there was bad calls both sides. There was no calls on both sides. But there was a lot of free throws. Our free throw shooting is what kept us in the game. Yeah, that, that's what lost them the game. That, gonna, that's simple. That's it's easy to blame the refs when the other team's shooting a lot of free throws. But in reality, there's probably more fouls that should have been called. I mean, it's always put, for humans, we put the blame. We do the blame well, game, blame right? Else. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be somebody else's fault. It can't be your team or yourself. It's got to be somebody else. So, I know we have another game before the next rankings, but do you think this proves Arkansas is a top 20 team? Top 20, yes. I think we're disrespected before not even being in the top 25. I think they went through a bad stretch, which is still holding them back right now, but ever since then, they've been one of the best teams in the country, and they just proved that again. You have, you have, I mean, Jalen Williams, he won't get, like, on own, like, but he is one of the best players in the country. I know it won't appear that way to many because he's not super flashy, but he, he yeah, is clearly, he, he is elite. Like, with his charges, his, his, I mean, the leader, right? He's the leader of the team. He is, he's the heart and soul of this team. He had another double-double today. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds. When he hit the three, and it was Anwan. That was a loud cheer, too. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yes. I think that's when the um, John Williams posted about his fit. Oh, it's, yeah. The, the four-point play. Yeah, he also had two steals in the game. But what, what did we see? When he went out, when he got a second foul in the first half, and Musselman took him out for the rest of the first half. He does that every game. Yeah. Whenever Jalen gets that second foul. He cannot get the third. But he got his third foul. Somewhat early in the second half, and he kept him in, right? Two minutes in. Yeah, and he kept him in, didn't he? He, yeah. So he took the risk, and what did Musselman do last year? He took the risk with JD against Baylor, and JD fouled out right away. Yeah, JD fouled out. We had what eight minutes left in that game? Might have been more. Musselman was rolling the. I mean, he's clearly rolling the dice. It's 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 it's. it's, We need Jalen. I mean, it's we did we had to have him. I mean, Jalen wasn't on the court when they went on that ten-one run. No, he wasn't. Cut the lead. That's partly why we got out rebounded so bad. No, we, this team needs Jalen on the court. He's the leader of this team. He's really the glue that makes this whole ship run. This team can't have JD or Jalen get two fouls early, can they? But then three-point shooting was about even. Neither team shot very well from deep. Both yeah. teams made eight. They shot 32, and Arkansas shot 27. So not great shooting from either team, which is it's really what helped us out because early on it seemed like not being able to make a three might be what killed us. But we played good enough defense that they couldn't make one either. Yeah, no, they, they showed from three. I mean, but it's not that we weren't getting good looks. Because if you think of all the threes that we have, how many spun in and out? And they just looked that they were going in and they just didn't. So it's not like that we were taking, you know, fadeaway threes. Like, there were good looks. Stanley had a good look. Tony had a couple of good looks. Chris had a good look. A pull-up three that looked like it was going. JD had some good looks. He didn't make them. So yeah, the Chris likes one. It was similar to the pull-up of 20 seconds on the yeah. clock one. He just pulled up and transitioned wide open, but it just didn't work out from this. No, yeah, it's those are those are fun to watch as a fan. I know coaches probably try to just say you know take it inside, get the foul at least because you're gonna get the foul. But I mean, it's. It's for, fun for the fan to watch him pull up and shoot. Chris Likes is the most entertaining player on this team. Oh, <laughs> that is without a doubt. I mean, just his the fact how small he is, how fast he is, 
we know he's a good shooter. I, I can't wait for the day he goes off when he's like, you know there's going to be a game where he shoots like 50%. I hope by the end of the year he moved, he's that 17-point-a-game scorer again. He's capable of it. Because Bud, Bud Walton will, the day he puts up 20, Bud Walton will go berserk. It, it's it's it, something, a really interesting point for me is that our smallest player can do so much better than our tallest player. It it just it it is astounding to me that like basketball is that just you, game one by the tallest guys. Yeah, and we see that in the NBA and college basketball. I mean, but it shows you like if you develop your skills and like you are a good quality player. He plays and, hard. He puts his body on the line. And it's not that Connor Vanover is a bad player because he's not. It's just like that Chris plays really hard defense. Chris was outstanding on defense. He. Yeah, he also he didn't have any steals this game, but he he usually gets two to three a game, at least recent times. His ability to you know his ball pressure and to steal the ball, to literally just go up to guards and steal the ball right out of their hands. It's he's like a little mouse, isn't he? <laughs> mouse in the house. Yeah, Chris likes is an entertaining player, but when we talk about March, this has to move us at least to a five seed. I think there's no more eight, nine, seven talk. It has to be six or better. Yeah, we have to be. We just knocked off number one. We're on a nine-game win streak. We have to be moving into like the top twenty teams at this point, which should put us in a top five seed. I'd say this win probably puts us at a five. Beating Alabama at Alabama maybe takes us up to a four. I think we gotta do win a couple more to get the four. Cause that's what sixteen best teams, right? So twelve. I think this win puts us. The 12, the I think seed. this win puts us somewhere between sixteen and twenty, yeah. and then beating Alabama in Alabama would probably put us in the like fifteen right around fifteen. Well, it's gonna be interesting to see because what have they said all year? Alabama slays Giants. Alabama plays great at home, not so good on the road. So that's 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 what I'm saying. That's why I'm putting so much emphasis on in Alabama yes. because they play very well at home. We know Jaden Shackelford. We've watched him all year. We know how an elusive scorer he is, and and what uh, uh what's what's their Dave Dave, Dave no Davison their freshman. That guy, that guy is outstanding. He'll win. He might win SC fresh, not SC fresh, but he'll be he'll win all team, all freshman team. He'll definitely be on it. Um, yeah, Jabari is probably going to be the freshman. Yeah, I, that's what I was just thinking. I was like, but no, no. Yeah, Jabari is going to win freshman of the year. It would be hard for the like one of the top draft picks to not be the freshman of the year. Right. He could be the number one pick, depending on how homegrown and Gonzaga ends up. But, I mean, the Alabama, I mean, that's – I mean, to get from 9 to 10 wins, that's – if Arkansas does that, then, then then we can get real serious talks. Going into the tournament, it was a nine-game conference winning streak, right? Mm-hmm. Just the loss in the middle to Oklahoma State. Um, but other than that, they were pretty much perfect. Yeah. this They may not be ranked anywhere, but Arkansas cannot look overlook this Alabama game coming off of this big win. Can't, can't be on too much of a high because Alabama's a dangerous team. I think we know, watching sports, that there's can be a, th- a thing of letdowns after winning a huge game. 
get you let it get to your head when you knock off number one, and then you come up and let last place come knock you off. Yep, it, it happens. Hey, our bad bet from the last episode: Arizona State over UCLA. This wouldn't even be nearly as big of an upset. No, no. I'm sure some people who you know don't give Arkansas the credit they deserve, which is most many most <laughs> non Arkansans, like. They probably still place Alabama as the favorite. Yes. Down to that. We'll probably still be the underdog going into Bama. I'm surprised, speaking of odds, I'm surprised how favorably we were, like, positioned in the bets, in the money line. First of all, yes. It was one and a half, right? It moved to one and a half. Did it move to one and a half, like, right before? Somebody it was mentioned two to me that it was, two, was po- two, and then somebody said it went, went to one and a half. And maybe that was people just. I don't. I don't know. I, maybe yeah. that was just they, they saw the energy from the fans. They're like, okay, we're gonna put it one and a half. When I was looking at odds, the spread was we were two point underdogs, and the money line was we were plus one hundred five. Someone put that on a on a t shirt plus one hundred five. Yes. It'll be interesting to see when we play Kentucky what the betting lines will be for that game. They might also be number one coming to Bud Bolton. Yeah, now they're five right now. They're they keep so they're on a hot streak themselves. So do we have to root for Kentucky to get another number one matchup? I think we do. I think we have to. We hate Kentucky enough. It's always hard because you you don't want to root for Big Blue. You be, but I I was cheering for Auburn to be number one. I was because it, it would if they had lost to Georgia more intense. If they had lost to Georgia, the line would not have been what it what it was. Would have been. If they had lost to Georgia Saturday, can we just say that the line would not have even been close to what it was? We'd probably be favorites had, if Auburn was coming off of a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really surprised that it, the odds were that close. But I guess we see why. Mm-hmm. Bud Walton effect. And then back to the big three. They combined for 55 of the, their 76 points with Kessler at 16 Jabari Smith at 20, and then Green Jr. at 19. I think we missed that earlier. I missed. I meant to say that, but I think I missed that earlier. And their next highest score outside of those three only had six. So it was really just trying to balance the defense to where we had good defenders on all three of them, which was hard. Hard to get our best defender, best defenders covering three guys, I especially think I- with that pick and roll. I think our uh, student section picked the wrong guy to boo. Boo this guy at the butt. We picked Flanagan, but I think we should have picked one of the big they three. They picked the Little Rock kid. They did pick the Little Rock kid, and I understand that. Flanagan, I mean, he didn't do too much. He only took five shots. Flanagan, I think, is the is the veteran on the team. He's been there since we watched them play our sophomore year. When yeah, they he beat was us heartbreakingly. He was on that team that beat yeah. us our sophomore year. I mean, that, that game is the whole reason I said we are going to go to overtime this game. We Mason lost. Jones put up forty. Yeah, tell tell them what happened. What happened for those that don't remember that game, our sophomore year. Well, so basically, two years ago, uh, we played Auburn. They were like eleventh in the country, and uh, Isaiah Joe's hurt, and so Arkansas pretty much got Mason Jones, Jalen Harris, Jimmy Witt. And we play well the whole game, and it's because of Mason Jones, him drawing fouls over and over and over. We send it to we we were winning the game, and then they make a three. They send it to overtime, and they just they kept hitting shots after shot after shot. And Mason 
as hard as he tried, he he couldn't do a one man show. He couldn't. He he scored like thirty nine points, and we lost heartbreakingly. And Bruce Pearl called him one of the best, maybe the best guard in the SEC. He should have been SEC Player of the Year. But just that that energy, remembering that from that game, thinking we were going to beat number ten or what whatever they were, it fueled fueled me for this game, it, and it it really did, and it, it was just like a repeat of that because we played them in overtime this year, huge crowd again, um, and maybe obviously we had a better team, we have a better team this year, more deep than just Mason Jones. It wasn't a one man game. And when we were missing Isaiah Joe that year for those, I think. Six games that he was gone, missed one, came back to play against Alabama, and they missed five in a row. When we were missing him, it was really the Mason Jones show. His backup just wasn't there for that for that stretch. No, no. But and not- just the fact that he could will that game to overtime, basically on his own on offense, was just incredible performance. Yeah, no, Mason Jones. I'm sure he was watching that game, or he'll, if he was playing. Um, he watched the highlights of it, so and I know he's probably he's probably proud. Mason, shout out to Mason Jones. They put up twenty eight a game in the G League right now. It's going off. He needs to be on an NBA roster. He does. I agree with that. He's. I mean, he. I, he proved people wrong. He, Yeah, Mason Jones needs to be on an NBA roster. He, I thought he played good enough when he got his opportunities with Houston. Mason Jones is like, again, so we saw him, I think, our, our sophomore year. That was his first year, correct? Or was it our freshman year? I think, I think it was our, our, our freshman year was his first year. He looked okay. Sophomore year. When there was nobody else really doing anything, especially when Isaiah Joe went out. I guess I, we had Isaiah Joe, but... He stepped it, up when he needed to. He could draw fouls better than anybody in the country, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And it he seemed, was also able to drive to the rim basically with anyone guarding him, or if he needed to, he was a decent enough three-point shooter, and he had a nice little step back to his game. That's what I says. He he was a good three-point shooter. He he was an outstanding three-point shooter. I don't know what his exact percentages are. But the percentages were, I think, in the 33 to 35 He's probably about the same as JD, right? He's probably about the same. They're probably about yeah. very similar. JD doesn't take the easiest shots. No. No. But, I mean, he was 3 for 9 from 3 today. He took a step back 3, kind of a, a high-rising 3. He, uh, it was, I mean, it was yeah, a, a rainbow, a rainbow 3. He got switched on to Kessler. He had to put some extra arc onto those shots. But he made he was, it. He was shooting some of those up to the jumbotron. JD is uh, when when he gets in. A, I think he really does like those step back, the isos. He loves the isos. Mm-hmm. He he does a lot of he does love those step backs. Yeah. So I I think they're gonna have more make more plays for him. Because yeah. I heard Musman in his post game said we we made that play for JD that iso on Kessler that so clearly it worked and I'm sure they'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Early in the year, it looked like it was just going to be the JD show on offense, but I feel like some of these guys have grown into their roles as the season's gone on. Stanley Amude. Mm-hmm. Amude has really grown a lot since Everybody, the season started. Oh, so much love for that guy. And then mm-hmm. Tony, 
Tony just finds himself in the right place at the right times, gets good off the putbacks today, right? Where he got he got stuffed one time, or JD got stuffed, then he cleaned it up, he picked it up, and he laid it in. It was just like there was one play where he got blocked and then got his own rebound and then went back up for the layup and got it. Yes, that's the kind of that's 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 what you gotta have. Jalen Jalen's recently been a little more aggressive on offense, which I like. Gets him more into the line. He's a good free throw shooter, especially for a big. There was a few games where they were just running the ball through him because. I think it was mostly because of his passing. Then if Devo can perform, put up 10 game, ten points every game, that would be such a help. He, I, I think this is going to give him the confidence burden. That you he said needs. that after his clutch mid-range after the, the last state, game. Yeah. We've seen a rise out of him. What did he do last year? He started off bad, just but then he climbed his way up. Took a spark. What if he does the same thing? Oh my goodness, this team just gets so much better if Tebow can go off. I've, I've been hoping all year that KK also has a similar season where he's not playing much, and then he becomes one of the leaders of the team by the in, by March. But it's getting a little late. I think everybody roots for peep. Yeah, for KK. Hopefully, in time. All right. Huge win. Arkansas knocks off number one Auburn at home with a sold-out. Record crowd Bud Walton in the whiteout. I think we've we've talked about it enough. I think it's time to wrap up. I am very proud of this team. Two months ago, I watched this team lose to Hofstra. Very embarrassed. In Little Rock, my first time in Bay Simmons Bay Bank Arena. Game. Yeah, Bay Bay. Arkansas's defense for that game was horrible. Where it was this game, outstanding. The hog is strong. I'm so proud to call myself a Razorback fan. Yeah, to giving up, what was it, 90 to Hofstra? To 90. The, to keeping Auburn to, I think, 65 in regulation. Before overtime, yeah. Yep. 25 at halftime. It's amazing turnaround on defense. Th- that that That's this team, defense. They're not, they're not lighting too many fireworks up on offense, but they're getting just enough with that with that defense that's shutting anyone down. This defense right now is shutting down anyone in the country. So, what's your final take on this team? What's, what, My what, final take on this team? Where do you think, where do you see them, this team going? I think last time we both said they were around a 32 team, probably was where they were going to end up. They just beat number one, so I'll give them sweet 16. I like that. I, it's a little early to get hot. I feel it like is. a lot of the NCAA championship is wide open right now. I think it seems like every time anyone gets to number one, they lose within like the first two weeks. So the championship is open. It's up for grabs for anyone. There's no clear favorite. Like I think Baylor and Gonzaga are both like a level above everyone Undoubtedly else. Undoubtedly the two best teams. Yes. There's not that this year. No. There's a few names that everyone can throw out, like the top – like ten teams, I think can at least all claim to be the best team in the country. Gonzaga's right going to claim to be, but what they yeah. do, they lost to Bama. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Gonzaga is the best team in the country. They're going to be ranked number one if they win their games on um, this week. But I don't, I don't even think they're the best team in the country. No, it, you can't say anyone. Really. You have no idea. So it's a little early to get hot and keep it going all the way through March. But whoever gets hot is going to win it, and if they. If they keep this momentum, there's no reason that Arkansas can't go 
as far in the tournament as they did last year or farther. I agree. But well, let's start off. Let's get the 10th win, 10th win in a row Saturday. Last year, they could have been the second best team in the country in when they were playing in March. They just ran into the best team in the country in the in the Elite Eight and gave them their hardest fight of the tournament. But we got a little lucky to play Oral Roberts, too. That was a little favorable. I don't know. Oral Roberts was, I think... A little underrated because they're not a big name. They're not a Florida name. They're not a Power 5 name. They were playing just as good as anyone in the tournament. They knocked off Ohio State and Florida. They were a good team, yes. And now one of their top two guys, O'Banners, starting for Texas Tech, who's Mm -hmm. number 9. So I think they were 15 seed was a little low for them. But we beat them, at least. In the end, we ended up beating them. Yeah, Devo hit his little fadeaway near buzzer beater. He's going to get back to that, dude. I'm telling you. He's going to get back to that. That had to be the one game in the tournament that we didn't get to see live. No, we traveled to Indianapolis for every game. We traveled twice, and then, but we couldn't make it for that game. I mean, we kind of got screwed into going to the second game because we were trying to... Because it was a lot of money to go on that first trip, the Baylor game. But I'm glad we were at this point. <laughs> I don't regret any of it. Nope. Well worth it. All right. Now that is everything we have to say on this. Arkansas will look forward to their game in Alabama this week. Tuscaloosa, let's beat Nate Oates. Let's beat Quinterly. Let's beat Shackle- Shackleford. Don't like that guy. Come on, Hawks. Beat the crap out of them. This has been Raise the Roof in Arkansas podcast.